Join us right now on MMA FanCast. This is our UFC 209 preview show. You don't want to miss UFC 209. You certainly don't want to miss MMA FanCast's preview show. We talk Ty Woodley and Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. We talk about Habib Nurmagomedov and Tony Ferguson, Rashawn Evans, Daniel Kelly, Mark Hunt, Alistair Overeem, and Lano Lando Venata. He has a big opportunity, and we're going to talk more about it. We're going to look at the UFC 210 fight card, and we're going to do a flashback, a fight pass flashback. Hoist Gracie, Ken Shamrock, join us on MMA FanCast. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, MMA FanCast, right back at you with a special episode. This week we're previewing UFC 209. We're going to spend most of the show doing just that. Uh, we are live here with you. This is your host, Ryan Middleton. I'm excited to be here with you today, and I am joined by a man that is quite legendary around many circles. No, I'm not talking about Jim Sarah Mooney. I am speaking of Terry Dactyl. Oh, it's got a nice ring to it. Terry Dactyl. I like that. What, is this the first time you've ever heard it? No, but it's nice to hear somebody else say it. Terry well, Dactyl. I introduce you like every time you're on. I know, but it's just especially nice today to hear it. It's Terry Dactyl. Yeah, like an like an old school ring announcer where like the microphone comes down and it's like the big round one. Yeah. I, th- I can see and that. Ladies and gentlemen, Terry Dactyl. And then the old school comes in and repeats the Dactyl. <laughs> So, we don't have Sahara. No Sahara. So, Sahara, I don't know if Sahara has the um, the technology in his vehicle to, to be able. So, <laughs> so, Sahara is currently in Cleveland. Did you know that? I didn't know that. He is in Cleveland. What's he doing in Cleveland? He's taking his daughter, Elizabeth, to a, to a concert. Who? Who knows? Backstreet Boys? Backstreet's back. All right. <laughs> they're at the Quicken Loans Arena. That's where they're going. No. Okay. We were uh, what started MMA FanCast and Octagon247.com was a trip to Cleveland. The only thing good that ever came from Cleveland. <laughs> it was us leaving it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, he's at Quicken Loans Arena for a concert. We'll have to look up who's playing tonight. But, but why I was saying that is... I said we could get this posted quickly upon finishing, uh-huh. and he could listen to it with his family on the way home. However, I don't know if he has the technology. I don't know yeah, if he has he, Bluetooth in this Well, vehicle. No, I mean, he uses, uh, what is he, still on a BlackBerry? No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, he has the newest BlackBerry, though. Oh, okay. So it's awesome. So it's awesome. But no, hopefully um, Sahara can listen to this with Elizabeth and Jen 
and Jakey on the way home. Yeah, because you know they'll be like five hours from bedtime. That's a good point. Yeah, that's true. And since it's family friendly, they can put it on for all the kids in the car. So that's Correct. good. That's a good thing. But I, I, like I said, I don't know, think he has Bluetooth in, in a vehicle. He's pr- he's probably thinking Bluetooth is some sort of condition where, like, as you age, that, like, something happens, like, the roots of your teeth. and Listen here, Sonny, I don't have Bluetooth. Don't ever say I do. Sahara, we miss you. Wish you were here. But as we say at MMA FanCast, it's family first. And you, you never get a second chance to do these kind of things with your kids. And so, by all means... Have at it. We are just uh, six days from a huge pay-per-view. This is kind of like the UFC 205 follow-up. Yes. Well, because there's... Habib, Habib's fighting. Thompson and Woodley yep. are rematching. Rashad Evans is fighting. Well, and he was supposed to fight Do you think right? he's actually going to fight, though? This is the third time he's been scheduled? Yeah, third strike and you're out. But I thought maybe third time's a charm, though. Well, also, (laughs) I mean, so look at commissions, right? First commission that shut him down was New York, and then the second commission was Ontario, I believe, from if that was was the Toronto card, right? And then the... Where is this now? This is in Vegas. Oh, it's in Vegas, okay. This is actually, I think, the first Vegas card this year. Yeah, that would make sense. And it's already almost Mar- it's March. It will be March. It will be March. So that's crazy. Yeah. The UFC waiting till March to have their first Vegas card. I-, I mean, it's definitely their first Vegas pay-per-view, but have they had a fight night or anything and uh, I'm thinking that this is their first first fight of, first card of the year in Could Vegas. Be. I wish it was uh in another couple of weeks because I will be in Vegas. But I don't think there's any shows going on. Are you going to be in Vegas over a weekend? I will not be over a weekend except for a Sunday night, Hmm. if that counts. Yeah, well, I mean, there's occasionally a a fight night on a Saturday, on a Sunday night. Okay. I I don't even know that my flight would get in in time. Yeah. I'd love to catch a show out in Vegas, though, sometime. I think that'd be fun. Well, that's the thing. We have an advantage here. As far as if we're in, if there's a show here in Pittsburgh or in Cleveland, you know, the, the the cost is like it should be in Cleveland or in Pittsburgh. Well, you know, and it's even better too because if you think about Cleveland being such a small city, we can be walking on the street and run into, hey, Travis Brown, what's up, man? How you doing, Dana White? You remember when you and I met, Dana? Well, the two of us met. Right. Unfortunately, we weren't all together. I thought Jim was with us too, but then he, he might never have been walking him. behind us. He never got to meet him. Yeah. Um, Sahara. Yeah. So we're talking UFC 209. This. We haven't had a blockbuster card since 205, and I would consider this a blockbuster card. This is a card that you get really excited over. Or, I don't know, I'm not speaking for you, but a, an MMA fan gets excited so over I am, I am starting to become a little bit less of a casual fan. Just a little bit. I, I've now... I've now kind of graduated to being really interested in some of these other fights, because I don't think... I don't think unless I think if you're an MMA fan, this card is a huge deal. I don't know that it pulls in a lot of 
Uh, maybe I take that back because there were a lot of fans. This is where this is the Conor McGregor effect at work right here, because Conor McGregor drew in the card for two hundred five. A lot of casual fans saw that Woodley and Thompson fight. It was spectacular. And now if they see those two names matched up again, I think that this draws well even for the casual fan. So when you think about the Thompson and Woodley first fight, now I can share my experience being at MSG. Yep. However, from a like watching it on TV. Yeah. How did that fight play out? Like, what? Where's your excitement level for the rematch? For the- it's really high. In fact, oddly enough, I was, I was predicting that that fight would be the. Uh, no, no, no. It's not. That's not true. I didn't think it would be the fight of the night. It was actually the fight that I was most looking forward to. Because I just saw it. It's you such were a looking unique forward matchup. to that more than Conor McGregor. Oddly enough, I was. Uh, see, for me. I think this this fight got diluted for me in anticipation of Connor and seeing Connor live fight a live at a live event. I think that I was more thinking, "Oh, this is cool. I just want to I like want to see Connor." Yeah, no, that's fair. And I think honestly, I think I protected myself emotionally. From Conor, the idea that Conor McGregor goes in with all of that hype and then loses, because you know me, I'm a I'm a fan of the big money draws. Even as much as you guys give me flack for CM Punk, that guy drew a huge number, right? I love that Conor McGregor was drawing all those cards, and I was honestly afraid that he wasn't going to have the showing that he needed to at the biggest show, uh, biggest stage biggest history-making moment of two titles and it's almost like I was protecting myself like don't build that up let that be what it is so I think I actually shifted my attention to Thompson and Woodley and that paid off big time they both paid off but see I, I view you know the stars that um you know Dominic Cruz big star well it's only because of Dominic Cruz's star power that a guy like Cody Garbrandt can come in and become a big star. I would agree with that. So when so things important. happen, when things happen, like Dana White always says, like, I don't root for whatever to happen. I mean, let's How be can honest. you not? Come let's on. be honest. He has the big stars. He's always rooting for Connor. He's always rooting for Ronda. Of course he I'm is. I'm sure he's rooting for Lesnar. Of course. Maybe not. Maybe not with Lesnar. That that might be a that's, question because that's there's other things involved other than winning and there's right. the WWE there's all this yeah. stuff yep. so um, if he knew it was a one off fight he might not have been rooting for Lesnar he might have been saying I'd like Hunt to make a name off like bigger name of course so um, but I, I lost track of where I was <laughs> I, there was one thing that I caught in there and that was. I know that that can't be true because if you're Dana White and you've got the return of Ronda Rousey against Amanda Nunez, there is no possible way as a promoter. Again, what is a promoter? They are drawing money. They're they're they are building a show that draws money. That's that's oh, but what, what you're I doing. was going to say is he says I don't I don't root for people because like I can't like control it. Whatever happens. 
is what is going to be best because I just have to deal with whatever happens. Well, he's saying that because he doesn't have a choice. But but I think he's saying he's learned to just just let things happen and, he, and not yeah. be invested in Conor McGregor because it'll only leave you as a promoter like, oh, what do I do now? You've got to build the next generation of stars, Correct. and that I don't I don't think I heard uh, there's a guy named Dave Meltzer who was talking about this. And I think he, I think most people know who because he writes about MMA. Too. Oh, that's right, he does write. He so that is Mister Crossover. He's the originator of crossover wrestling and MMA. But he was talking about. I guess he had interviewed a certain amount of people, and they were looking at the future for MMA and for boxing and for wrestling. And you know, obviously, there's not a lot for boxing except you know may, maybe Mayweather fights uh, McGregor at some point. Um, so boxing's down. Wrestling, they is almost kind of a neutral, maybe up a little bit, and everybody was really high on, high on MMA. But the reality is, is that the reason why everybody is high on MMA isn't because the actual the isn't the actual sport of MMA evolving and growing and all these things. It's that there are superstars right now: Conor McGregor, John Jones, Ronda Rousey. Well, the sport has is always going to have superstars. I mean, I would disagree. I mean, look at look at look at what you had in like the late, uh, you know, two thousand seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, yeah, you had superstars: Tito you, Ortiz, Chuck Liddell. Those were but, but superstars. Look, okay, but look Randy where it's Couture. drawing. But look where it's drawing now as compared to then. Well, I mean, it's a gradual thing. I mean, so, so if you Conor think McGregor, keep building if Conor, stars? If Conor McGregor was here in two thousand five instead of two thousand fifteen, yeah. He he has a lower base to start from, so that 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 rise can. I hope you're right. I really do. Um, I look at professional wrestling and I say they're not building enough superstars. So I hope that that your theory is true and that they were they are going to continue to build fighters based on what happens in the octagon. You are bullish on that. I'm bearish. I I I think you, you know you lose a guy like Conor McGregor. And this whole explosion of UFC that we're seeing right now uh, is going to really be diminished. Did you hear what Chael said about McGregor? I don't know when exactly he said it. It was probably. No, but I love Chael, by the way. It was probably back when, you know, McGregor was saying, you know, he wasn't going to fight, or I don't know, but he was he was basically saying. You can say whatever you want in the, um, you know, when we're when we're all um, in front of the media and stuff. Yeah. But when you're in the when you're in the boardroom, when you're in the in the meetings, like you better like have the right tune. Um, but they said he does business. Well, so yes, but. What it, what it comes down to is what he was saying is don't think you're like above the UFC. They've built you up. Yep. yep. They've given you the platform. Yeah. And they can pull that out just as quick. And he said, the moment they do that, don't expect the calls because they're going to lift someone else up and they're, that's going to be the person getting the media calls and all that they stuff. They need each other right now. I would say that when you've got a guy like Conor McGregor, he is head and shoulders above anybody else that they have right now. Think of a guy like John Jones. John Jones is great for the sport because he is a phenomenon. 
But he's not necessarily transcending audiences like a Conor McGregor. If they announce well, John Jones versus uh, Money Mayweather, that's gonna. I mean, that's gonna be like a the spectacle match ever. Well, probably, but being ones two or five, <laughs> yeah. Like but a, a name like John Jones, yeah. aside from weight classes, but Conor McGregor is on a different level. I just hope, you know, you look at in the 1980s, the the pairing of Hulk Hogan and Vince McMahon, they needed each other. Hulk Hogan wasn't going to get to that level without Vince McMahon and vice versa. So as long as they can, as long as they realize that how much value they each add together, that one plus one equals three and, and not them going off in their separate ways. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna do really good business for the next couple of years. Wait, did you just say one plus one? Yeah. So one plus one typically equals two, but when you take a Conor McGregor as one entity and you take UFC as as one as one entity and you add those together, it's not two; it's three, because there's a multiplier effect. Because they're they're valuable. Look, if you take Conor McGregor out of UFC and you put him put him in Bellator and he does all of his own media, he's still going to draw a lot. Not he's like st- he is now. I agree, but he's still going to draw a lot. And and same thing, if you take Conor McGregor away from the UFC, they're going to continue on and do well. Maybe not as well as they could have with Conor. That's why the two need each other again. One plus one equals three with those two. Well, I. I am very much a believer that one plus one equals <laughs> two. So maybe we'll have that debate sometime later. Looking at the car, we kind of a little bit talked about Ty Woodley and Stephen Thompson. We're going to go back to that. We're going to start at the at the bottom of the main card, and we're going to start with the the entry fight, the big heavyweight. The the two knockout superstars, we have two... They do it in very different ways, though. We have Alistair Overeem and Mark Hunt. What are your thoughts? I'm looking forward to it. Um, uh, You know, it was it was fun watching Mark Hunt go against Brock Lesnar. Obviously, I'm always going to be a wrestling, <laughs> a wrestling fan at heart, so I was rooting for Brock. Uh, to the you know as we as we lose listeners tuning out right now because I like wrestling, <laughs> but so I I like no, you're getting the guys that the the other three people that thought CM Punk was going to win. <laughs> yeah, Any, anybody right out now. there, if you're listening right now and you thought CM Punk had a chance against Mickey Gall, you've you've now know what I feel like. Except I get harassed by these guys all the time. So we have it on video, actually. <laughs> that's walking true. They down, do walking down do. the streets yep. of Cleveland and asking, and he's debating. And, and my favorite line <laughs> of all time is going to shock the world. Harry Dactyl <laughs> saying, "I'm telling you, he's adamant. He's not like on the fence and leaning one way. No, he is adamant. No." <laughs> CM Punk is going to shock the world. It yeah. is going to happen. Yep. And you yep. had you had a guy that was like on your uh, that, that was that was on my side. Yeah. And then this other guy who was I think yeah I think they were, I even told Mickey Gall that I was a CM Punk guy, but that's okay. Um, I, I I stand by who I root for, but I became a Mickey Gall guy that night, and you know think the world of them so all right so going back to that i i liked the fight with mark hunt and brock lesnar so i'm interested to see what mark hunt can do against alistair overeem who we saw Wait, against stipe 
let, let, we were speaking about Mickey Gall, and I, I, I just want to go back to that. Have they announced a fight for him? I don't think so. I think Dan Hardy respectfully declined. Well, that's because Dan Hardy thinks he's too good. But that was a good call out, I think. I'd like to see Mickey Gall in the in the cage sooner rather than later. That was December sixteenth. We are going on March. Yep. So middle of March scheduled. will be three months. Yeah, that's that seems I mean, he needs to capitalize. He needs to like he has well, a good the, win, two good wins in a row. He UFC needs to, needs to capitalize, not Mickey. Mickey's gonna fight too. wherever. Well, he, but Mickey's going to fight whenever. Mickey is. Um, I'm, I'm saying he he needs to stay active. I I want him. I want to see him active. I, but I think he would fight anytime, anywhere, as long as UFC made the call. I mean, I don't think it works out. I mean, I'm sure he can text Dana. Hey, Dana, I want to fight. I want to fight. I want to fight. But they've got to book him. He's young. He's hungry. He'll take a fight. So you're saying he's looking for a fight? I think he is. He he just very well might be. Okay, let's jump back to okay. My apologies. So so Stipe uh, is. I think he was rocked initially by Alistair over him. Oh yeah, and Alistair burnt yeah and burn on his oh, arms. It was no, not burn on his arms. But was it? No, or was it? Yeah, some. I, he had uh, he had like a. Yeah, he said he burned on his arms. He said he did, but that was okay. a minute I'm, into the fight. Um, okay, but I'm I'm using Alistair's words. So there was almost a title change there. Okay, I mean that's taking it a little far, but I, almost it was a scare. That doesn't mean it was almost a title change. Okay, there was a potential for a title change. Well, Work with me here. Come on, don't you know the rules of improv? It's yes and, yes, not no. And. Go ahead, go ahead, shoot, go ahead, shoot. Okay. Go ahead, shoot. So, so Sarah, because we of... need you here, bro. <laughs> we need you here. So because of that, I think it's a very intriguing matchup between Overeem and Hunt because you've got two guys that are capable of going for the knockout. And I really hope, to start off the pay-per-view, that this ends in the first round with a clear decision for one of the two. Um... I really think that Overeem's biggest problem is he has no motor. I think you take him, you get him through the first round, and you can you can just wear him down. Um, Overeem can get you early if he catches him early. It could be ugly. Uh, these two fought already. They fought in Pride back in the day. What was the outcome? Uh, Overeem won. This was in a time. So, Mark Hunt's like a 500 fighter. He's like 12 and 10 in MMA. Uh, I, I I don't recall how the fight ended, but I know that Overeem won. Overeem reminds me of the cover of Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson's punch out. What do you mean the cover of it? I just the cartoon because if you look at Mike Tyson next to Overeem, they don't really look. Have you like seen the, Overeem like 12, 10, 12 years ago? Yeah, he was a lot bigger back then. No, he was what? A lot smaller? Oh, a long, long time ago, like tw- 10, 12 years. Oh, ago. Oh, so ten, twelve years ago, he was smaller. Then he got really big. Now he's not as big as he was. I think he's still in like he's still high big fifties. He's still big, but he's not as big as he was. Like, he's not as completely huge and ripped? Yes. Somehow. See, I don't even know how he stays as big as he is now. 
You don't? Well, <laughs> I don't know how he doesn't get. Yeah, they test out of out well, of um. So look, that that, sh- that should be a compliment to Alistair Overeem, whether it's freak genetics, um, whatever it is. We've you know we met Alistair in person. He's a very very large man. He's a big dude. So watching him in person, what 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 did you? What did you think watching him in person? He looks more physically intimidating than Stipe did. Stipe was very casual, laughing, hometown. I thought that, the, especially when Alistair caught him early, I thought, I think, I think we're going to see a title change here. Yeah, I was wrong. Did you think shocking? Right? <laughs> did you think he looked slow? Did you think? I didn't. I didn't notice that, but you have to remember, I'm 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 viewing the fight through an amateur's eye. I think when you're in person and you're watching heavyweights, I, I think in person, well, you watch these lightweights and they're so quick. You, you watch middleweights, they're so quick. Then you get some of these heavyweights and they're just like really powerful, and you're so used to seeing the quickness of the lighter weight classes that they they look. Like slow motion. Yeah, and that could be. I mean, if you think about it, if you've ever come off of a highway and then you go into a residential area, you go from you know seventy or eighty, or in your case ninety on a highway, and then you pull into a. Uh... Wait, I've driven as slow as ninety. <laughs> Good point. And then and then you're going like forty in a twenty-five, and you feel like you're like crawling. It's because you're you know you've just felt something else. Uh, you know you felt your. You know, you felt moving in a faster speed. I don't know, but I think that's why it's actually good that they're starting off the card, maybe. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because, you know, but of course, I mean, anybody that's going to be viewing there is going to, you know, they're, they're, they'll have already seen, what, eight fights before then. They're going to be a lot faster. I don't mind. I guess I don't mind the slowness. I appreciate the power of it. You appreciate the power. The power. I appreciate the power. Uh, it, well, the fight that I thought was really slow was in Cleveland was Travis Brown and and uh, yeah, but that Fabricio was Verdun. yeah, but that was a different fight though because I think he got his finger like you remember but the bone. It still, was, it still just seemed like they were both slow. Well, but not the way it started. I actually missed the start of it when he went with the when flying he, kick. <laughs> I was looking ran like, across the I cage. Know, we, I was looking in like the first or second row. To uh, Mooney had said made a comment Who? about some. Jim Jim Sahara Mooney. Oh, Sahara. Sahara, uh, and I'm looking down there, and the fight started. And I'm I'm thinking, oh, well, I'll look when the bell rings, and then all of a sudden, everybody's like, whoa! And yeah, I, I was like, I, what did I miss? I kind of missed it too, but um, thanks to UFC Fight Pass, I can watch that anytime I want. That's UFC Fight Pass on Octagon247.com. Okay, Mark Hunt. Alistair Overeem, can you give me a prediction? I'm going to say... I want I, I'm going to say round method. I'm going to say second round walk-off from Mark Hunt. <laughs> what, I mean, you're just like, you're calling a KO. You're not calling walk-off. No, no, no. I'm calling walk-off from Mark Hunt. You're being that specific. He's that's what he's known for. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that that's how every fight ends for him. I know, but okay, I'm gonna say Alistair Overeem 
first, first round. round. I think he's going to knee him in the face really hard. Hunt will go down. He'll get some ground up on and finish him. Nice. It's going to be a good fight. I don't want that to happen. I. What I do mean, you want to happen? I, I like Mark Hunt. I mean, he's just... He's just the guy that... What is it you like about him? I think that he's just, like, relatable. In what way? He just seems like a normal guy. He does seem like a normal guy. Yeah. I wonder if... It, does he work outside? Like, I still can't get past... And I know I'm going off a little, a little off topic, but thinking back to that show, I still can't believe Stipe works a job. He's the heavyweight champion of UFC, and does he, he still, still works a job. I think he does. Well, as a firefighter. Yeah. Is he, I don't he's obviously not full time. I don't know. I think he is. I think he was back to work that Monday. I, I don't I don't think. I don't think he's full time. But it, so I I guess I wonder I'm like I wonder what Mark Hunt does when he's not in a fight camp. Like Alistair Overeem, I would assume that he's he's got enough money that he doesn't he's have doing to the work. Ream. He's doing the what? The ream. What's the ream? It's his like his like Blog show. Okay, I've never seen it. Is it good? Just go to thereem.com. Is it good? I've never watched it. Okay, but did you, but you knew did about you it. notice how um, there was somebody following him around? Yeah, I thought that was with UFC though. No, that was the ream. That was the ream. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Did not know that. Well, he, he's from the Netherlands. I think he's yeah. Is he? He's yeah. Dutch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think he has a big following there, and that's what he does. I mean, speaking of following, have you seen us on the the, the charts? So moving up. If you go to, I mean, we range anywhere from. I've seen this as high as eleven. Really, eleven or twelve? Wow, sound like a twelve-year-old girl. Really, uh, really? <laughs> I'm shocked. And wow. I've seen. I mean, we've we've fallen off from time to time, but I've seen this as high as eleven. We're usually floating in the 30s. And that's against a lot of big-name people. It is. So speaking of that, you're and, listening and right now. that's all of sports and recreation. That's not just MMA podcasts. I know. And, and, and in order to stay there, what we need everybody to do, rate, review, and subscribe. Honestly, I want to hear what you guys think. I, if you leave us a one-star review but you tell us why... That actually helps us. We actually want to hear from you, and we want to make the show better. Do you want to see it? I would rather if, if, give us a five star review. Good point. Good point. And, and then tell us what you don't like about the show. Yeah. Good point. Good yeah. point. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm just like I, I always want to hear like what's true, what people are actually thinking, um, and that's probably not good if they leave a one star review. So. I'll tell you what, if you want to leave it, if you don't like the show, email us at info at octagon247.com and tell us what you'd like to see in the show. Um, and who knows, maybe at some point we'll do a call-in guest. Uh, maybe we'll run a contest for uh, for somebody that, that, that wants to be on the show and do a call-in. You never know. Um, but rate, review, and subscribe. It helps the algorithm. It helps keeping us up on the charts. Um, I think we're, you know, we're making a little bit of history here. We're on the 20th episode and, uh, you know, still rocking and rolling, man. There there were some special episodes. So I think this is, uh, this is episode 20 of 
MMA FanCast, the normal edition. There were some special editions as well. We had some UFC 205 live froms. But this is the the 20th uh, weekly edition, although we did miss a couple weeks there. Um, Family was, time. When I was, well, no, I was actually on a mission trip. You were? Yeah. I was in the land of Thais. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Thailand. Okay. So, um... Okay, so we both predicted the first bout. Wait, wait can I got back up for a second. I did call the Derek Lewis Travis Brown finish. Round and finish. The only thing that I didn't get is that they gave him a KO instead of a TKO because the ref self-admitted that he should have stopped that fight. So ju- I just wanted to call that to the record. I you, I literally you called, a called TKO. I called TKO, like stoppage. Yeah. Well, the ref didn't stop and said that he should have. So that's the only thing that I missed on well, that. I but would it, say it's a it's a all three. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, so TKO, KO. So I'm not and, wrong all the time, just most of the time. Well. I mean, all the time except for that one. <laughs> That'll be that's it. Uh, next fight we have Lando Venata versus David Tamer. Tell me about these two. Now, I can tell you, this is probably the fight I gotta I gotta tell you. This is the fight I'm most excited about. Really, really. Because this is the fight that I'm least excited about because I don't know them. This is well. I don't know David Tamer very well. I've I've seen a couple fights of his. Um, I don't think he's ready for what he's going to get on Saturday night. This is Lando Venata's Venata's coming out party. This is where I don't know if you remember. Probably not. <laughs> it wasn't too long ago, and I don't know exactly. Um, when that fight took place, I, sh- I should, though. Um, but Lando Venata made his UFC debut a- last summer um, on a UFC fight night, and he faced Tony Ferguson. Do you remember that? Well, I don't think that I've watched any of the fight he, nights. He took a two... He took a... Um, it was He took a short-notice fight... I forget who Ferguson's opponent was. It wasn't the one around UFC 200, was it? It was. Okay, so maybe I did see it then. So, he took the fight against Tony Ferguson on two weeks' notice. His first UFC fight ever. Two weeks' notice. Tony Ferguson, who's one of the top lightweights in in the division. Supposed to get pummeled. It turns out to be a fight of the night. Tony Ferguson ended up getting the, getting the win in the second round via choke. He almost finished Tony Ferguson in the first round. It was amazing. It was it was phenomenal. And then he had a fight against John McDessie um, in December. And if you recall, that was the night of UFC 206, which we declared was like the best back-to-back fights he had a fight on that card? He had a fight on that card against John McDessie, and he had the spinning, uh, the the wheel kick, and he knocked him out within the first, like, minute or two. And that was on the main card? 
And it was on the main card. I'm blanking on that and one. And it was awesome. <laughs> um, let me just double check them if it was on the main card or not. Might not have been on the main card. Uh, Could have been. So I mean, my memory is not always the 206, best. where were we at? Uh, we were Bubba's. We were Bubba's. So... We wouldn't have watched. Actually, no, no, no. We, I guess we would have. Yeah. Yeah, we would have watched the prelims there. Yeah. I think we were talking, and that happened, and we we watched it. It was very sudden. And, and it could have been because I don't know that they play sound for prelims. Yes. I think they were. They had a Penguins game on. Correct. Okay. Let me see if it was prelims. Lando is an interesting name. It was actually the Fight Pass prelims. Fight Pass prelims. Okay, yep. so I definitely... I definitely... So, Lando Venata. I am so excited for this guy. This is the this is the spot where they're building him up. He is a superstar in the making. Now, when you say he's a superstar in the making, give me his ranking as far as, as a fighter, as somebody that they could actually promote, and his ability to sell a fight. Um, let let's just let him watch win fights. I mean, he's a he's a beast, and he's like an exciting like. So he's exciting to watch. He's, exci- he's a good fighter. He, he is he? Can he talk? I don't know. Okay, because we all know you got to be able to talk. No, you don't have to be able to talk. Well, you either need to be the best or you need to be able to talk. No, and if you're the best and you can talk like Conor McGregor, then you're off the charts. Correct. But I think this is a guy who I think they're putting him in a spot where he can really thrive. Okay, and they're giving him they're giving him his push now. David Tamor, I don't think is ready for this, and I think he's going to. Uh, how does he go from fight? How does he go from fight pass to main card? I, maybe I guess because of that spinning. Spinning wheel kick. Yeah, I mean, he it was a it was a wheel kick. So, anytime you you knock someone out with a wheel kick, and I mean, he fought Tony Ferguson and almost beat him. So then they bump him down a little bit because he lost, and then he who did he lose to? Tony Ferguson. Oh, but it's Tony Ferguson. Correct. Okay, I just didn't think that that would necessarily bump him down. Well, I mean, taking a fight on two weeks' notice and almost beating a pretty tough competitor. So they got him a a, a fight, and that's where he wound up and took, took made the most of it. I think they showed that fight on the prelim card. I think they showed it in between, um, in between, like I think they showed it as well. Okay, um, later on. In the broadcast, um, so that's I, I'm gonna pick pick Venata first round. Something awesome. <laughs> well, I mean, the way you've described it, I think that that makes sense. Now, whether or not you're describing it, and if I was listening to you, I would have said I would have made that first that same prediction. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's true or not, but no. you've sold me on it. Yeah, I mean. You can pick whatever you want. I mean, I've got you know, oppose I've, me so you can keep no, up the streak. I, no, <laughs> I don't want to keep up the streak that I'm on. I'll go with Lando. Um, I'll go second round. Something awesome. 
something awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm going with a, a TKO KO kind of deal. And you're going with the same? Is that what? Yeah. Okay. Rashad Evans, will he ever fight again? Let's pretend like this is actually going to happen. Okay. Rashad Evans trying his third mm-hmm. commission. Will this fight happen? We're going to say yes. Daniel Kelly, the is he from New Zealand or is he from Australia? I, I do not know Daniel Kelly. Okay, so Daniel Kelly's uh, he's like an old guy. He's got to be pushing 40. Well, I mean, Rashad Evans is how old? Well, like 35. That's my prediction. I'm going to say 37. No, no, no I'm going to say 38 for Rashad Evans. Really? Well, because, okay, so he did... He did the Ultimate Fighter against Quentin Rampage Jackson. Not against. Well, as a coach. Yeah, well, it's leading up to a fight, and then they fought after. Did he win? Or did he oh, lose you mean fight? when he coached? Yes. See, I don't. I can't keep track of. I mean, he was a contestant on. That's right. I don't know if I saw that. I think that might have been season three. He's thirty-seven. Okay. All right. September. Okay, so just recently turned 37. Well, almost a half a year ago. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I guess that's... It's a half year. Wow, yeah. September, October, November, December. 37 and a half, okay. Yeah. Wow. So, 37 and a half. See, this is the... uh, This fight is too high up on the card for me. I would agree with you. Just based on this should be this should be headlining the prelim card. Yes, this would be a good prelim headliner. Um, I'm hoping Rashad gets the fight. I'm actually hoping he wins the fight and retires afterwards. I'm going to say Rashad Evans goes the distance, wins by decision, majority. I wonder if he'll go for a takedown ever again. Like, I haven't seen him go for a shot since, I don't know, the early well, did 90s. Did he catch a crazy knee or what? <laughs> no, I just think he fell, fell, fell in love. You know, the Rashad Evans effect. He fell in love with with punching punching power. I thought that was the cost check effect. Well, it's the Rashad Evans effect now, too. The cost check effect. So Rashad Evans is, oh, is oh, that, two and four in his last six fights. That's another note. I think Sahara Mooney was talking about, hey, I bet Koscheck is getting knocked out right now. Yes. And he was. That was. That is knocked true. out. <laughs> he probably, well, we said it was 8.59 or something, or nine, right on 9 o'clock, and he said, Rashad, or, uh, Josh Koscheck's probably getting knocked out right about now. <laughs> and he was right. Yeah, that was a good call. Good call, Sahara. Elizabeth, you have a really smart dad. And when I say Elizabeth, I do not mean Elizabeth Mooney. (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) All right. So, yeah. Rashad is two and four in his last six fights. I mean, when you're Rashad Evans, though, every fight you're fighting a top guy. But... I mean, he lost to Glover Teixeira. He lost to Ryan Bader. He lost to Antonio Nogueira. He lost to John Jones. Imagine that, losing to John Jones. Yeah. Who has he beat? Chael Sonnen 
and Dan Henderson. The split decision. So we're gonna have to see what you know what what Rashad's made of. Um, he hasn't had much success uh, as of late. As a matter of fact, his last win against Sonnen was in 2013. Wow, has it been that long? So it was November of 2013. That's exactly, precisely. With his medical problems and, you know, the fact that he's had this much problem, um, you know, getting a, getting a, a commission to um, actually let him fight, I just want him to get a win and, and retire so he doesn't risk further injury to himself. Is that it? You got nothing for me? Not, yeah, I, I gave my prediction. Rashad Evans goes the distance. Majority decision. All right, I'm going to predict Rashad Evans, third round, ground and pound. Ooh. TKO. Okay. Um, I think he's going to... Knock him to the ground, but then he'll get on top. Okay. Let's move on. This is my number two. This is the second the fight I'm looking forward to second most. Me too. Was well, third most. Uh, uh, uh. My tongue got tied in my mouth. The thing, the thing about this fight. Hey, guys. <laughs> so, Mark Hunt, Alistair Overeem, number three. Second. Tony Ferguson, Habib, Nurma something. How do you pronounce his last name? Nurmega Madoff. Yeah, what what Ryan said. Okay, I'm with you. So far, you and I are tracking the same way. It's actually Nurmega Madoff. Nurmega Madoff, okay. It's Habib. Yeah, that's what I said. Habib. 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 Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this fight because Habib has been built up. He's not a talker. Yes, he is. Mm. He, As a matter of fact, he's become such a talker that he now talks during a fight. When he's beating you up, he's telling you, you need to just quit because I'm going to keep beating you up. I deserve this title shot. Here's how I define talker. I define talker as somebody that can talk somebody. Entertaining, yes, but that can talk people into the building. I think it's his record and his freak nature on the ground that makes his fights intriguing, not necessarily him. Well, you haven't listened to the promotion of this fight, then. Well, i've 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 heard I've heard Habib talk in the past. And he wasn't any, like, again, before seeing his first fight, because I guess he hadn't fought in a while. Um, I don't think he has, he had fought in since when. Did you say foughten? Foughten. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's, is that a word? Foughten? No. No, <laughs> not even a little bit. <laughs> not even a little bit. Okay. Uh-uh. His last fight was, what, 2014? I don't know. I was I didn't foughten. Fa- I, <laughs> I didn't really oh. start following. Oh, did you smell that? I think I've been foughten. <laughs> a good one. Uh, I I don't think I've, I don't think I yeah I don't even think he's fought since foughten <laughs> since uh, 2015 where I really started to I had I had watched shows before then but 2015 I think we all started watching shows together. So you think it's about us? 
Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I was just making sure because I agree. <laughs> MMA fan cast is where it's at. Okay. Um. So did you make a prediction or you just like, like to hear something? Nah, I'm jabbering. All right. Who's your prediction? You got Tony, Ferguson, and Habib Nurmagomedov. Um, as long as Habib can get him to the ground, there Tony's got no chance on the ground against Habib. There, there really? is. I think so. Tony um, Ferguson is one of the most slick guys on his back. You're gonna find. I think you make a mistake, he's gonna catch, take your arm, and he's gonna. I would agree, but I don't think Michael Hab- Johnson's not that guy. I, I would agree, but I don't think I don't think Habib is the guy that's gonna make that mistake. So I'm going to go Habib goes the distance, majority decision for the win. I might have to agree with you, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not just on pure principle because I know you'll don't, be wrong. Don't go pure principle. I'm going to take, okay, I got to go with my heart here. I don't want Habib to win. Why? Because I don't want him fighting McGregor. I don't think they're going to make that fight. Okay, I don't want to take the chance. I think Tony Ferguson should should win this fight. So I'm going with my what I'm cheering f- to happen instead of what I actually think is going to happen because I would agree uh, right down the line with you. So I'm going to say Tony Ferguson. You got to remember. If they stay standing, Habib Tony Ferguson is not good on the feet. I would agree. That that's why I said if so, it goes to the ground, and I think that I'm going to take will... Tony Ferguson. Oh, there's a five round fight. Oh, it's a five round fight. Yeah. Wow. Interim title. Interim title. If I was going to say that, if if I no no no, I'll let you. I won't give my prediction if Tony wins. You can tell me yours because that's what you want to happen. I'm going to say third round TKO. That's exactly Tony what I, Ferguson. That's exactly. And I would actually I would even go even further to say that he would be losing. He would be behind going into that third round. Mm, I don't know about that. Okay, that's my prediction. I'm sticking to it. We have the main event of the evening. Ladies and gentlemen, Tyron Woodley versus Wonderboy. Wow. What's the deal with I, I lack of... I just totally dissed Wonderboy. You huh? totally dissed Wonderboy. Uh, and, and guess what? Why? Guess why? Why? Because I'm about to diss Tyron Woodley because I'm picking Wonderboy. Really? Oh, really? Tell me about this. Third round. TKO. How does he finish him? He's going to catch him with a kick that makes Tyron Woodley crumple. And he's going to finish it up with strikes. Third round. Mark my words. There will be... There's two fights that have championship rounds and neither one is going to championship rounds. What do you think about that? Hmm. I don't know. I, I I'm trying to think how Ty Woodley is going to pull this out. 
I think it. I don't like the idea of it going to the distance. It already did that. Seems a little bit anticlimactic. Yeah, to pick that. So I majority wa- draw. Yeah. Wow. But actually, you know what? The funny thing is, is that was the perfect way to end that fight. Do you know? Madison, we're Madison Square Garden watching that, right? I'm the only one. They announce the scorecards. I go, majority draw. They announce Tyron Woodley. I go, no, no, that's a majority draw. People are like, what are you talking about? I'm like, they scored it wrong. It's a majority draw. They're going to change it. Like, they have to change it. They're, they're going to change it later. Like, it's that's not what it is. He didn't win. When you have two scorecards that rule it a draw, it's a draw. One person doesn't decide a fight. Interesting. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen again. I think I think Ty Woodley... If you predicted a majority draw or a draw, and you were right, I would, like, have bad respect for you. I think you should predict I, that. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I think, in my head... I saw those two so evenly matched that I think I would have I would have said if I, I I think I would have said draw because I thought man these guys are so evenly matched but I figured I got to pick somebody so I'm not going to go draw I'm going to go against my initial thought of they're going to go to a split decision or something like that and go five rounds I'm going to say what I I think could happen would be Ty Woodley knocks him out. I got to pick between third and fourth round. I'm going to go third round. Ty Woodley catches Wonder Boy, punch, ends it. Walk off. No, 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 not walk off. But it's going to be the one punch that clearly took him out. J- jumps he in. Get, jumps, the referee ju- jumps in, stops it. Yeah, it's I mean a knockout. Yeah, he may get one shot in. Yeah, but um, it's going to be the, the but big it's shot, the, yeah. the, it's going to be a big shot. Yeah. Okay, I can see. Here's why I think I think that was the biggest stage Wonder Boy's ever been on, and I think it was the biggest fight he'd ever been on. And I think he was he was more tense than I've ever seen him fight in a fight before. Looking back on his fights and seeing he's just very loose and. And free-flowing and went out there and kicked some butt. Um, I didn't see that. He did. It took him a while to loosen up. And I think... I hadn't seen him before then, so I didn't yeah. really know what well, to Well, you expect. saw him against... Uh, who, uh, did, who would I have seen him against? Johnny Hendricks. When would I have seen that? When it happened. Yeah, but when? Like... How long ago? I don't know. I just a don't remember. Ago? I don't remember seeing it. Of course, that's that's the thing you have to remember when you're a newer fan. You don't you you know now I get more of the anticipation and the build as I've seen more cards. You know I've seen Alistair Overeem fight. I've seen Mark Hunt fight. Uh, I have a background on Rashad Evans. I I know. What do you mean you have a bat? What is what is that? Well, mean? I I watched the Ultimate Fighter season. When he coached against Rampage Jackson. So I have an idea of who he is. But that's what's interesting is that as much as I am a casual fan, I will become not a hardcore fan. 
I will have more information to base my decisions on. So it's kind of fun making the predictions, not knowing a whole lot. It gives me a lot of grief from you guys, but that's kind of fun too. Yeah. Um, he beat Johnny Hendricks in February of 16. February of 16. Who who was on that card? They headlined it. It was a fight night card. Oh, then I definitely wouldn't have seen it. I wasn't watching any of the fight nights. Why? I, I, I think for me, I was pay-per-view only. Thinking that... Thinking you were too good for fight night cards or something? Well, fight night cards are some... Like, think about it. Hendrickson Thompson were That's a huge that. card. Yeah. You even said that you went to a fight night card one time because you thought it should have been a pay-per-view. It should have been a pay-per-view. That was when... Well, actually, I think that was a pretty new Fox when Fox was new and it was one of the first couple Fox cards. And they really wanted to have a big impact. And it was Nate Diaz versus Benson Henderson for the title. My wife and I flew out to Seattle from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I, yeah. And you ran into Nick Diaz. I ran into Nick Diaz the next morning at the hotel after Nate got roughed up by Benson Henderson. Ran into Nick. He was catching a cab. Got a picture with him. Yeah. You still have it? The picture? Yeah. Yeah. I never I've never seen it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You gotta show it to me. Alright, I will. Post it on the website. Sure. <laughs> Let's make website promises. Yeah. Good good call. <laughs> you got an edit button on this thing. <laughs> All right. Um next I wanna talk about just a couple uh I want to bring up a couple things. Uh, UFC Nashville is set to take place April 22nd. Uh, the headliner, it's it's being speculated that Damian Maya and George Masvidal is, are supposed to headline that. Um, Maya, of course, was promised the 185-pound um, uh, um, title shot. And since Woodley... And Wonder Boy went to a draw, and now they're obviously uh, a majority draw. Now they're obviously uh, rematching now. So with without a, uh, a title shot uh, ahead, it looks like he's ready to sign up for an April bout um, in Nashville. Alice, Alexander Gustafson and Glover Teixeira are going to fight at UFC Stockholm. What exactly is UFC Stockholm? It's just a fight night card. So it's a fight night card. Yeah. Okay. Um, actually, I thought I wrote on here. It is May 28th that they're going to meet. Gustafson, Teixeira, Stockholm, May 28th. That's just a rumor at this point. I don't think that it has been confirmed, but um, we can certainly hope that that fight gets booked. And then, of course, we have the UFC 210 card, which I think everyone is excited for. This card, I mean, are you excited for UFC 210? I'm I'm excited, but I'd probably be more excited if we could actually go. Well. Just because it's in Buffalo, it's so close. Yeah, it is so close. You can go. Well, I can I go, can't. but. Right, but. You can, you and Sahara, road trip. Well, we could, we could. I, I would encourage you. Why are you shaking your head? Like, you're saying we could, we could, 
And then you gave me this look like, no, please, no, not me and Ginger. Ginger. You are Ginger. I am Ginger. But he's Ginger, too. Well, we're the Ginger Brothers. The Gingerbread from, Man. From, from other mothers. We are the Gingerbread Men. Um, I... The Weidman Musasi fight is huge. Will Brooks That's and actually... Oliveira is huge. Tiago Alves and Patrick Cote is huge. That's the Musasi and Weidman would be the fight that I'm actually looking to the most. And then you have Anthony Rumble Johnson and Daniel Cormier. I, I like Daniel Cormier, but I... Cormier, 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 Cormier. Cormier. Oh. <laughs> Go ahead. So I I like him, but not honestly, and maybe it's just because I've only watched in the last few years, but haven't I have not seen an exciting fight with him. Cormier. Cormier? Oh. <laughs> Except for against John Jones. And I think it's a little bit because it's almost like he he's the champion. But it's just because John Jones isn't. Well, it's also because John Jones is an idiot. Like he's the king of doing dumb things you shouldn't do. Yes, I mean over. But he's and also over the goat. Really, of what light heavyweight? Yeah, I think he's the most gifted mixed martial artist ever. I also think he might be – he could end up going down as the most wasted. Well, it's possible, and I'm hoping that that's not the case. So here's the problem. And we've gotten a little off track, but I'll pull us back. <laughs> he has only had – so when John Jones was at his best, he was fighting three times a year. Yep. Two to three times a year. Okay. He's fighting once a year, if that now. He is not and and what has and, happened lately? Well, yeah. The last couple fights he has not looked as good as he used to. Well, the Oven St. Proof fight, I think, was the only And let's what else be besides honest, that. Sa- Gustafson. We had the um Well he, it's been so long since he he's not fighting. You know? Well, I don't remember when he fought Gustafson. I just remember the OSP. Yeah. Well, Gustafson, you act like you haven't been watching with us for several years now. Actually, I have. It's crazy. Although, there were a lot of times that I wouldn't see as many fights as you guys would. Well, yeah, because you're you're a jerk. (laughs) Okay, so I'm looking. I have his pulled up now. He fought Gustafson in September of 13. Glover Teixeira, he fought in April of 14. Cormier, Cormier, he fought in January of 15. In St. Peru, he fought in April of 16. So we're going to be July of 17 before he's fighting again, at least, because right, that's when he gets least. his license back. Yep. But sometimes they book him pretty early. But he's just not fighting. And you're not getting better if you're, like, 
not well, active. I mean, he he did. He looked pretty good in that uh, matchup against Hendo. That's grappling. Well, it's grappling, but and he's... it's against a guy who's fifty. That's true, but and it's a guy that like weighs two hundred five, soaking wet, and you're like two forty. Like he, sh- yes, he should destroy him every time. I think if he can find a way to wrestle those demons, there's a lot left in his tank. What I hope doesn't happen is that he doesn't feel the need to prove himself. Just as a fan. Now, for him personally, if I knew him, I'd say, John, do whatever makes you happy. Do whatever is right for you and your family. As a fan and as somebody that doesn't know him, I'm like, no, no, no. You need you need to become. You need to live up to the, to all the potential that you have, and you need to execute on it. But it's because I don't know him. I don't know his family. I don't know his situation. I'm just speaking as a fan that wants to see the best that he has for 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 years to come. So who wins this fight with Cormier and Johnson? Yeah, I'm gonna say. Cormier goes the distance. Cormier. Um, yeah, Cormier, sure. Um, I'm not... So, if Cormier... Cormier... Cormier, yep. You got it. If Cormier, Cormier decides to, to, to do what he says he's going to do... Which is what? Stand with him? Yeah. Oh, well then, no. He's not going to win that. If he, he decides, he needs, he needs to wrestle him to the ground and, and lay on him for twenty minutes. To, see, I really think Anthony Johnson is the most dangerous human being alive. That's why he's going to get him to the ground and lay on he top. He doesn't of him. even need to like hit you hard, and you're knocked out. So hard so, for him. So his so can I, I want to make a comment because you're right. If Daniel Cormier is saying that Corm- and does that, Cormier, Cormier, yes. If he if he actually does that and he tries to stand with him, yeah. he will lose that fight. Correct. I'm banking on him using better judgment and saying, I can't stand with this guy, but if I can get a couple takedowns and if I can work the ground well, that's and, what he did last time to him. I think if he if he goes with that same strategy, I don't care what he, he says. He specifically said, I'm not gonna do that. You can think I'm lying all you want. I'm 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 my game plan is to stand with so, him. Okay, well then, if, if, if he... Do you believe him? No, I don't believe him, because I don't think he's an idiot. I think he's more intelligent than that, too. I he has too. a college education. Maybe he's gotten hit too many times. I think what you're going to see is that he is going to say that, because otherwise, what do we need to see in this fight? But I think he's going to lean to that, and he's going to get takedowns, and... He's going to work him on the ground, and I think you're going to see a similar finish to what we saw before. If he indeed does try to stand with him, I predict a loss. That sounds good. This We are to the point in the show where we're going to do something that no other podcast does. That we know of, because we don't listen to them. But go ahead. We don't listen <laughs> to podcasts. We make them. Oh, I like that's, it. That's your line from last week. Really? See, I don't even remember that. Yeah. I must have a horrible memory. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna hit the pause button on this podcast because what we're gonna do is we're gonna prepare for Fight Pass flashback, which is a, a, a episode. A, a what is it? 
It's a segment. It's a segment. Thank you. It's a segment of of MMA fancast where we're gonna we hit the pause button. We're gonna take a look at a fight on UFC Fight Pass. Now, here's here's what I know. Some of you are thinking right now. Well, what am I supposed to do? I want you to hit the pause button. I want you to log in to Fight Pass. Some of you right now are saying, I don't have Fight Pass. We have a solution for you, though. Here's what I want you to do. www.octagon247.com Log into that website. Find the Fight Pass link. Click it. Sign up for your free trial. If you don't like it after a week... You just get rid of it. Cancel your subscription. But I doubt you will. But I doubt you will because it's it's amazing. Sign up through octagon247.com, and we're gonna and then you can watch this fight with us. The fight that we're gonna flash back to tonight is going to be Hoist Gracie, Ken Shamrock, UFC one. We're going to talk about the fight itself. We're going to go watch it. We're going to talk about its historical significance. So right now, I want you to go to Octagon. If you don't have Fight Pass already, if you have Fight Pass, you're on the ship. Go push the pause button on this podcast. Watch the fight. We'll be back and talk about it. If you need to sign up, Octagon247.com. Find the Fight Pass uh, link and sign up right there. We'll be right back after we've watched. Pause your podcast. Okay, so we are back. Um, if you need to pause the the podcast yet, please do so now. We are going to talk about the fight at UFC 1, which wasn't called UFC 1. It was called UFC. I wonder if they had a plan to make it a... Like a promotion, or if it was like a one-off fight night. Yeah, I think it was a uh, supposed to be like a yearly competition. Gotcha. I think I don't know. Yeah. But if you haven't paused, if you haven't watched it yet, please pause now. This is your last chance. We're gonna roll into this conversation. Three, two, one, boom. UFC one, Hoist Gracie versus Ken Shamrock. It was a second round, uh, a second round of the tournament. Um, they both won their first fight, and this was really a chance for um, people to see what happens when a shoot fighter, which Ken Shamrock was, versus a jiu-jitsu guy, and 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 yeah, it was this was a historically significant fight. But I'm I'm questioning something. After the fight, he said, when they asked, "Are you the second best guy here?" and he said, "No, I'm the third. Who was he talking about? Um, I guess whoever. Was going to face Hoist in the championship. Okay. I didn't know if there was somebody that was also notable there as well that he could have been referring to. Or... It was... Uh, I'm George... Gord, I can't even say his name. Jordo? Um, he's like a tall, taller fighter. Um, he was probably talking about the guy that wore one boxing glove. No. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Art Jimerson was actually um funny thing, Art Jimerson on UFC Fight Pass, 
they have a where where is he now with Art Jimerson, uh-huh. and it shows you what he's been up to. And he's actually an employee of the UFC at this point. He's really, a, he's a boxing instructor for one of the UFC gyms in Vegas, teaching youth how to box. Interesting. So, um, but so this was a very uh, so UFC was uh, originally set up the owner of the UFC. And the Gracie family kind of got together and said, let's have something where you can bring these people with different talents and different um, skill sets and see who's the best. And and so this was everyone's real opportunity to see what jiu-jitsu was all about. Yeah, like, what would happen if a wrestler went against a boxer? But no one – yeah, and this was like sumo guy versus, uh, you know, all these different um, – you know, a karate guy versus, uh, you know. And so this jiu-jitsu was not – people didn't know so what jiu-jitsu was. there was no weight was. limits or anything like that there either. no weight classes. It was just jiu-jitsu got and, – and Gracie was the smallest guy in the tournament. So um, after uh, – immediately, Gracie shot in on Shamrock, got the takedown. They, they, they grappled for a little while. Um, it wasn't very long. It went it was no. back and forth. Less than less than a minute and a half, I think. I, I don't know the exact time on it, um, but it was not a long fight. Um, back, back and forth. Yeah, hoist shot right away. They wrestled a little bit, and then that's it. And then um, Ken Shamrock was concentrating on getting a foot. He was always going for an ankle, a leg, a foot. He was... Concentrating on getting a leg and, and pulling that in and, and didn't protect his neck and basically got choked out pretty pretty quickly and had to tap. There was controversy. And this there is, was. This, this, <laughs> so ahead. watching this fight, you we watch UFC now and and yet forget how far this sport has come. The, the, every aspect of the production was very amateur and very raw and it was just that's what makes it so interesting. It's so it, it is interesting, but just the some of the way the announcers didn't really know what was going on no. and kind of had to like he tapped could, out five times and the referee didn't see the it. Referee, he's he's tap pounding on the ground and the referee's oblivious to him tapping. Just um, I don't think the ref knew that tapping. Was a signal of he may not have. That's probably what it was. But it's just crazy how everything was very. It was raw. It was very raw, and uh, it, it was ex- not to be confused with Monday Night Raw. <laughs> Correct. Although it did, uh, which Kim Shamrock was on. <laughs> um, but it was um, it was a, really an introduction to the world to what jujitsu was. Yeah, and this this. Small guy was just aggressive and beating all up these bigger guys. See, I think what I love about jujitsu, or at least what it represented at the time, was you've got Ken Shamrock, chiseled, uh, just got yeah, like an amazing like, physique, just looks like a really just tough guy, shoot fighter, right? And then you've got Hoyce Gracie, smallest guy in the tournament. He's probably what, probably one of the only ones wearing a gi. It's like, what's the deal with this guy? You know, he's afraid to take off his shirt or his outfit or whatever. But that's the idea of 
I love when people work smart. And I think jujitsu is all about working smart. And that's what I love about it so much. Well, and that the other thing about that fight is he was allowed to wear a gi, and he was allowed to use the gi in the choke, which which uh, if he didn't have a gi on, he wouldn't have been able to secure that choke. So how, how did he that secure it with the gi? He grabbed his own gi and pulled oh, it. Oh, right, yeah. right, 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 right. Yeah, okay. so he was able to get to get the choke only because of that he wouldn't have been able to close the choke out. Like that's why you don't see that choke now because no one has a gi to grab onto to get it. Right, right. Interesting. So. Very interesting fight, um, a historic fight that they rematched. I think at UFC three, maybe. Um, we'll, we'll same result. We'll possibly have another fight pass flashback for that fight at some point in the future. I think that would be fun. But this is going to be a weekly thing. We want you to to go back and talk about these fights. And talk about the historical impact. The historical impact. And this was impactful. This was an impactful fight um, because jiu-jitsu was exposed throughout this whole tournament. And um, and MMA is now at a point where it's at because people realized you can't get to the climax. You can't get to the top without being well-rounded anymore. Um, there are some few exceptions at this point, uh, 22 years later in the sport where guys are one dimensional. You look at Derek Lewis and that's a guy who he is admittedly one, one dimensional and somehow he's making it work. But very few guys are, are that great see, at one let, thing. Let, let me to clarify that one dimensional. He, he is one dimensional by today's standards, but Correct. if you put him in. Back then, I mean, knowing what he knows now, we just look at it and we see such well-rounded guys. Well, he that we probably look knows at him. more jujitsu. Well, he knows definitely knows more jujitsu than anyone other than Hoist Gracie at UFC One, right? Because they didn't know any of it. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah. So that was a, a, a fight that helped shape the UFC and built. Hoist Gracie into a great big star, along with Ken Shamrock, um, and both went on to amazing feats. And Hoist Gracie, I think, was undefeated in the UFC until he came back uh, when he was very old and fought Matt Hughes um, in a mismatch. I mean, he had lost some fights in Pride and some other um, organizations, but I think, if memory serves me correct... I believe he was still, I think he fought in UFC 1, 2, 3, and maybe 6 or something like that. And had won every fight until um, he came back for a, a novelty fight against Matt. The champion at the time in the welterweight oh, division was Matt Hughes. Oh, Matt Hughes. Okay. Yeah, so. Well, that is going to wrap up this Saharaless edition of MMA Fancast. We don't like to be Saharaless. We don't like Saharalessness. Do you like Saharalessness? No. I don't like Saharalessness, but what I do like is when you go to octagon247.com and you sign up for Fight Pass and you join us for Fight Pass Flashback every episode of MMA Fancast. So... On behalf of the crew, the gang, my posse, 
This is Ryan Middleton signing off and saying, have a great week and God bless. And watch UFC 209 Saturday night only on pay-per-view. So, who's playing tonight? Um, what concert is Sahara at? I'm looking it up. Ariana Grande? Ariana Grande? <laughs> Ariana... Is that... Am I saying it right? I don't know. I don't even know who she is. Is it like an up-and-coming, like a... Like teeny bopper, or is it like a... It sounds like it.